Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Nike. Written by Betty Adams. Nike. The word was spoken with such a dull, lifeless tone that it shook a rather rotund officer out of his stupor that was half bureaucracy-induced and half the result of the storm that was crackling dangerously over his talons. Commander Three Clicks' wings hooks paused over the report that he was writing out, and he twisted his head to look at the young officer huddled on the floor. He had known that the field team had returned. He was not so uh, deaf as that, despite a long-ago battle having shorn two of his rebounders off the top of his head. It had left him horribly scarred and flightless, but the remaining eight worked just fine, thank you very much and he could get a nice feel for the safe hold from where he hung in his office. Is that how an officer greets his superiors nowadays? Three clicks demanded sharply. Lieutenant, he had a squint but at the younger officer's fur was must far beyond regulation. Come to think of it, he might not be able to fly safely, if at all, and three clicks felt a stirring of unease before the lieutenant reacted. The dark red wings rose in a shrug, releasing a waft of strange and slightly unpleasant smell. Human, uh, three clicks realized belatedly. Maybe, I don't know, it's important, I think. Commander three clicks felt his fur bristle as he raised his wings in irritation, but something stopped him. It was partly the dull look of resignation in the lieutenant's black eyes, partly the complete lack of reaction, and partly the result of the commander's torpor fuzzy mind finally catching up with the clues that were filtering into him. He had not heard the troop carrier that had taken the flight out return, and yet they were back. The storm was breaking both over the valley their stayfold was in and the mountain slopes that the flight had been sent out to explore. They had been warned that they might encounter humans there. Lieutenant Five Drill, three clicks began, dropping down to the floor and coming close to dropping a wing over him. Is your flight safely returned? The young officer looked up at him dully and flicked his ears in uncertainty. Every wing that left with me has returned alive, he said carefully. Hendricks are non-fatal and heeding well. That is a very specific report. Three clicks observed even as the relief flooded through him, and he guided the younger officer over to where the small bottle of leaf water from the home world sat beneath his perch. He poured out a glass of the drink and five tails and watched the other officer drank it with almost a frantic eagerness. What happened? Three clicks asked gently. We lost transports about 5,000 glides from the safehold, five trolls replied, accepting another serving of water. We had landed it at the base of the cliff and examined the surface for possible temporary holds. Private Ten Clicks stayed with the transport. Three Clicks blicked his ears forward in acknowledgement. That had been their mission. We had taken observations on about half of the face when a rock was dislodged from above. The younger officer went on. I ordered the flight to retreat from the cliff and, uh, and, um, 
Pipe Troll shivered and wrapped his wings around himself. It was a cascade failure. Like in a computer system, Three Clicks asked, laying his ears back in confusion. Five Clicks flicked his ears in confirmation. Each rock hit another and dislodged it before we knew what was happening. The rock slide had engulfed the transport. It was buried under the mass of rock and detritus and ten clicks inside. Three clicks rocked back on his talons and stared at the younger officer in horror. We landed over where we thought the transport was and tried to move some of the rocks, but um, five trolls held his wings out and three clicks could see that the manipulating ends were torn and scabbed with the attempt at the impossible task. Private 27 Trolls suggested, as we couldn't contact the Sapold, that we try and make contact with the human camp, and that was supposed to be in the next valley over. Three clicks flicked his ears back. Spying on their new neighbors had been one of the secondary missions on that flight. We made contact with the human technician. There was eager to aid us. He was able to dig out what was left of the transport by the time the sun set. It was badly compressed, but we could hear the ten clicks was somehow still alive in the cockpit. The human, he pulled out one of those tools they always carry, and he just, um, tore the transport open. Five trolls explained with a few demonstratives twisting movements with his manipulators. Ten clicks was injured, not fatally, but he wasn't flying anywhere. That was when we remembered that the storm was coming. The human saw our distress had said that he could take us back up to his camp. All he had to do was summon his transport early. One of those whirlwind blades? Three clicks asked eagerly. Five trolls shrugged his wings absently. I don't know. That was when we discovered that the native fauna had taken out the communications array at his camp. We knew that we would not be able to survive the storm without a hold, and the human had a hard copy visual representation map, so he could decided to take us back here to the safe hold. But he said you had no transport. The commander interjected. He had a harness, Five Trolls explained. We held onto it, and he did that human movement, the one they call running. Three clicks stared blankly at the younger officer for several heartbeats. You are saying, he said slowly, that this human carried you and your entire flight? He carried ten clicks in a sling around his neck. Five Trolls interjected absently. Ten clicks couldn't hold on to the harness with his own. Five thousand glides in the past day. Three clicks pressed on. Actually, it was just over five hours, five trolls replied. Three clicks rocked back again and cast his mind about. Thank you for your report, soldier, but you should be in a medical bay, he said firmly, just holding on to the harness, moving those speeds for that long must have been exhausting. I'll need to speak to this human. That might be difficult, five trolls interjected again, and he let himself be led out of the room. Has he left in the middle of the storm? Three clicks demanded. No, Five Trolls clarified. When we arrived in the safe hold, he was leaking blood out of his mouth and nose. He asked us, was everyone alive? When I confirmed it, he did thing humans do where they show all of their teeth. Then he said Nike and collapsed on the ground. The medics are trying to figure out whether he's still alive. Five Trolls looked up dully to Three Clicks. I said I thought it was important. End of story. Story number two. Humans are weird. A hole in one. Written by Betty Adams. It is a tradition, of course. Waves Reach explained as she adjusted the cap over her gripping appendages and shifted a kilt to an easier position on her lagging end. Traditions are not easily explained even to members of your own species, let alone others. 
Waves reach went on a cheerful tones that were utterly devoid of gestures. Roll slowly tried to shake the uncanny valley sensation that caused him. Hand me the lagging appendage cutting implement, please. Waves reach gestured at the item encased in a fibrous cloth. Roll slowly passed it over. Sock knife, he corrected. Waves reach gave a gesture of confusion as she slipped the tube of its dangerous contents over her lagging appendage. I heard the human friend Bree call it a Scottish sock knife, he explained. Waves reach gave him a hum of acknowledgement as she pulled the sack called a sporran away up to her midpoint and tightened the straps to hold it down. And this is the traditional dress for this occasion, he asked, unable to shake the dubious beating. Human friend McLeod assured me that it was as practically accurate as a grand could make it. She said, How do I feel? She shuffled around the display of the outfit, waving her much rough and gripping appendages to show how free of motion they were. You feel very, very strange, rolls away, replied with as much honesty as he could muster. Waves reached positively rippled with humor even as several appendages adjusted the kilt to keep it in the sporran in place. Now what is my role in this game, he asked. The sport requires so much equipment that a secondary player position is invented simply to carry it all, she explained. Therefore, my gripping appendages will be free to wield the, um, the club, he offered, handing her the long, skinny tool. Shouldn't they have scaled down the size, or at least the mass for you? They did with the uniform. They offered, Waves Reach replied with a dismissive shrug. But I wanted to get a real feel for the game as it's supposed to be played at first. As these requirements are all in clenching and gripping strength, I have a hypothesis that I might be able to compete directly in the sport. She took the club and demonstrated with a few brief gestures that she meant. Rolls away, backed away from the lashing bar of carbon and false steel at his boss's shuffle. The caddy's job, he asked uneasily. It can be done from a safe distance, of course. Of course, she replied cheerfully as she slid the club back into its sheath. The equipment sheath is motorized and will follow you, so you, all you have to do is pull the clubs out and bring the ones I ask for. I won't be swinging then. I did have a question about the scoring, he said as he began to amble towards where the humans were waiting. She gave him a gesture to continue. Counting the number of times you give a full gesture of the club at the ball per successful attempts at the angle of the ball into the hole seems empirical enough. Rolls away, went on, but how do I score the profanity ratio? I have no idea, Waves Reach said cheerfully. You have memorized the list of human profanities and this proper usage. I have notes to check, he replied. That will have to do. She consented. Just ask the human caddy if you're not sure how to score me there. Also, I will stick only to human profanities for this game. That should keep it simple. What if the human begins using our profanities? Rolls away, asks in concern. That's her caddy's concern. Waves reach, had said dismissively. Now come on, I want to prove today that I have the stamina for all 18 vectors. Maybe next time he'll agree to play with the sand traps. End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Warm spot. Written by Betty Adams. The main community hall at Rough End Base was never really cleaned or orderly. The attempt to provide furniture fit to the needs of roughly a dozen species had been successful from a practical point of view. 
The various relaxing devices that surrounded the one long couch provided texture and density, comforting to the respective bodies that they had been designed for. But a general ignorance of color theory and the cluttered appearance made the space look more like a disordered maintenance hangar than a lounge of any sort. Though the various lounging humans and undulates didn't seem to mind as they read, ate, or napped. The bread-box-sized aliens that looked more or less like a cross between a wet mop and a loaf of bread were perhaps the main frequenters of the community hall. They were very social species and enjoyed interspecies interactions even more than humans. They also found it frigid, arid nature of the desert base fatal to the extended periods, making evening strolls inadvisable. So it was no surprise to Dr. Sharon when their three of them approached him with their gripping appendages raised in greeting. He set his book aside and smiled widely at them, showing his less than perfect teeth. Hey there, moppy friends, what gives, he greeted them. He had long ago given up on identifying individuals amongst the earth-toned undulates, and thankfully they didn't seem to mind. Greetings, Dr. Sharon. The one at the front of the three said, its soft, mouthless voice seeming to come from the center of the mass of drooping appendages. There was a strange sound outside the rear safety exit. Dr. Sharon nodded and closed his book. And you wanted the big bad human to go take a look-see? He looked said, sure thing, probably a rock rat. I'll go chase it off. He got up and a crouch and ambled across the large room and past the storage lockers that lined the walls and ducked under the low for a human emergency exit at the rear. Even the airlock chamber, it was chilly and Sharon shuddered as he stepped out into the final door into the bitter desert night. He glanced around but didn't see the fist-sized anthropods. He shrugged and went back inside. They must have run off. Dr. Sharon called out as he came back to the seat on the couch. I didn't see any, uh... He stopped talking and he narrowed his eyes. He glanced around the community room. It looked like every undulate in the place was now grouped on the couch, their appendages pulled tight and pressing against one another. The mass was grouped where he had been sitting. Some clung to the back of the couch, some were sitting primly on the seat, some of these were tucked against the armrest, some clung to where his legs had rested. In fact, they almost formed a near-perfect map of where his body had met contact with the cushions. You heard a noise outside, he said. And we did, one of the undulates said cheerfully, the gripping appendages raised out of the mass and gestured to the spot beside them. Thank you for reassuring us. Please, sit back down. Sure, Dr. Sharon snorted and shook his head. He eased back down onto the couch and the massive undulates seemed to flex and expand to press against his side, from his ankles to his shoulder. A contented sigh-like sound came from the earth-toned mass. He spoke, produced by an appendage, and he accepted it with a wry grin. Must have been a quick rock rat, he said. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.